Our gospel this morning is from Luke, chapter 10. Please stand. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks, so she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is a need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Here ends the reading. You may be seated. I should have said this at the beginning, too. Uh, Would you give thanks for Andy, Ray, Emily, and uh, Vince for their music this morning? Just a smaller crowd of musical leadership for the summer. Thank you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew and so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, let's get this party started. This is a party after all, so let's, let's get this party started. Jesus says, uh, if you've been paying attention, uh, Jesus has been out traveling. Uh, he's been out on the road. He's been on a work trip out uh, in Samaria. He's been uh, away from home. Uh, And what's really interesting is that he has brought nothing with him. All he doesn't even have sandals, no purse, no bag, no nothing, no coat, no extra anything. He's just out on the road traveling. Uh, I have a feeling he's pretty tired after this huge work trip. And he just got done doing uh, a corporate training event. He uh, had about 70 people that came and uh, he trained them up and then he sent them out into the world just like he went with no shoes, uh, no extra coat, no purse. Uh, You can imagine after training 70 people who are pretty reluctant uh, to go out and do this, he's a little bit exhausted. And then when he gets done with the corporate training, what always happens after you get done with good corporate trainings, right? You walk off stage and who is there to greet you? The corporate lawyer. And the lawyer then has to ask him all sorts of questions about, well, okay, so what does it mean to inherit eternal life? And then he has to do a whole other story about the Good Samaritan. Uh, and he leaves that uh, lawyer just hanging, and he kind of takes off, and he's out walking around. He is tired and hungry after his little corporate adventure. And as he's walking down the road, Martha sees him. And I think we have to pause for just a second and realize how incredibly remarkable that actually is because there are so few people in the story of Jesus that actually see him and somehow recognize him. I I have a feeling he is tired and hungry and worn out and somehow Martha sees him and welcomes him into her home. Now pause for again just a second and realize how incredible this is Here is a woman in the first century who speaks on her own and welcomes a stranger into her own house. Do you have any idea how unbelievably remarkable that is? That is remarkable. She is a woman of means and substance and action. She sees Jesus. He's hungry. And what do you do when somebody is hungry and tired? Good Lutherans, you feed them. This is Kay Wothy. 
This is someone who actually sees Jesus, and I think it's incredibly rare. In fact, in all of the story of the Gospels, we have very, very few people that actually do this. Everyone, I think, in, in the most part, takes something from Jesus. Heal my son, heal my daughter, heal me. Even the disciples who follow him around, to me, they just are sort of, this is an exaggeration, they're following him around and they always need something. Whether they're in the boat and a storm comes up, oh, Jesus, save us. They can't seem to figure out what's going on. Or they're following him around and as soon as Jesus is crowned, they're like, oh, we want to be the greatest, right? I mean, everybody is trying to take something from Jesus. This woman is going to feed him and welcome a stranger into her house and give him a place to stay. I want to tell you how incredible that is. Martha is somebody of substance. And it turns out she has a sister. And I, wanted to, I want to highlight how important that is because I'm going to pick on Mary and Martha a little bit. Oop, I made that backwards. Martha and Mary. Notice how that happens. Sorry. Martha and Mary. So before we, get to, before we really get into the story, we have to decide. You've heard, lots of you have heard this story before, right? The story of Martha and Mary. And I'm sure everybody out there has already picked a team. Which side are you on? Martha's? or Mary's. Let's just look at these for just a couple of seconds. So we're going to have Team Martha and Team Mary, all right? Here's the thing. Team Martha, what is she doing? I know what she's doing, because you know what she's doing, because you've all done it, okay? Somebody's coming over for dinner, so what do you got to do? Well, you got to clean the windows, you got to set the table, you got to pull out the towels, you got to find the food, you got to make the bed, you got to plant the flowers, because when they come in, right, they have to, it has to look good when they come into you. They're coming to your house, your bed has to be made, you got to vacuum the carpet, you got to wash the floors, you got to clean out the refrigerator because, you know, they might open it and look in there, and so you got to clean that out. Martha is getting it done. Martha gets things done. There's a reason this is her house. Martha is killing it. There's a reason she is the owner of this house and can welcome a stranger in. You've seen her. She has figured out how to balance job, family, work life. This lady has got it going on. She's got an income. She's got a business. She's got to clean the house. Have I made my point? And then there's the younger sister, Mary. What's Mary doing well, first of all, she's a leech. She's living in her sister's house, apparently. She doesn't have it. She's probably went to some, like, liberal arts college down in Decorah, Iowa. <laughs> she's probably got, like, an art history degree, and she has not been able to figure out how to get a job. I mean, if you want to know, this is the parallel prodigal son story. This is the prodigal daughter story, so to speak. She's living with her sister, probably in the spare bedroom. She doesn't know where the vacuum cleaner is. And what is she doing? She's sitting there. She's just sitting there, listening to Jesus. She's just sitting there. Now, you, can, you know how this goes. <laughs> Martha's in the kitchen. <laughs> Mary's sitting there. And you know what Martha, you, I don't even need to tell you what Martha says. Hey, Jesus, you, you got to love this, right? You have a guest come over, this is the best. Somebody's out at the grill doing the work, right? And somebody else is just sitting there like having a drink. And it's like, hey, hey, Jesus, doesn't say hey, doesn't say hey, Mary, I love that part. Hey, Jesus, pick on the guest. That's a good idea because you know what everybody loves? 
Everybody loves when you come over to somebody else's house as a guest and you get stuck in the middle of a family squabble. Isn't that the best? Martha from the kitchen is like, yo, hey, Jesus, uh, hey, don't you think Mary ought to get up off her sorry behind and come in here and help me after all? I, this is like the oldest, older sister responsible yelling at the younger sister who's, you know, right? It is, and it's the best when you're a guest at somebody's house and whoever is hosting starts to squabble with each other. Isn't that the, and then when they ask you to be the intermediary, isn't that even better when you're the guest and they're like, hey, Jesus, you're the guest in the house. Hey, how about you mediate our family squabble? That's awesome. Here's the weird part. I think, I think Martha looks at Jesus as sort of like older sister to kind of older brother kind of thing. It's like, hey, Jesus, you get this. You come over here and uh, tell, tell Mary to get off her behind and help me, right? Trying to like make a connection. And Jesus, <laughs> Jesus says, this is the best, right? <laughs> Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, 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 you are distracted and worried by many things. There is need of only one thing. There is need of only one thing. And Mary has chosen the better part. Ouch. I mean, think of that from Martha's point of view. I mean, that's got a, ouch, party over. What just happened? And then the story is over, and it it moves on. It just leaves you hanging. And it got me thinking, because that's what good stories do when they leave you hanging. They get you thinking. And I thought, what What in the world is going on? And and if you go back just like a couple of stories in Luke's telling, you'll realize that... um, This little story called the transfiguration, which is a fancy word for Jesus gets coronated sort of as king up on the mountain. Uh, And all these old guys of faith are there with him. There's Elijah and Moses, and he brings a couple of the disciples along with to see. And just like at Jesus' baptism, only this time it seems like in Luke everybody actually hears this voice. The voice says, This is my son, the beloved. And this is what caught my attention. Listen to him. Listen to him. It's really interesting to me. If somebody gets, just gets coronated as king, God doesn't say, the voice from heaven doesn't say, well, worship him, honor him, serve him, bow down to him. It says, listen to him. And then if I back up a little bit, it's really interesting too because um, he, he doesn't say listen to him because he's the smartest or the oldest or the fastest or the manliest or the most successful or the best looking or the hardest working. All the voice says is, because this is my beloved. What if Mary is really on to something here. She just sits down and listens to him. 
I don't know about you, but, you know, I got lots of stuff happening in life all the time, uh, distractions everywhere. And I often, I really, I, like, what is the most important thing in the world? Isn't that's a pretty darn good question. What is the most important thing? There's so many distractions. Job, family, service to neighbors, soccer, sports. I, I got five apps on my phone for news-related items. I have the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the New York Times, PBS's NewsHour, and YouTube. There's no way you can watch all of that. There's so many distractions. Uh, Mary, Mary seems to know a secret. And it's not a hidden secret at all. It's so obvious. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. Commandment numero uno. You should have no other gods. Read. Everything else is just a distraction. This is my son, my beloved. Listen to him. Why is Mary just sitting there doing nothing? Could it possibly be because Jesus is telling Mary the most important thing of all? Mary, you are God's beloved. Not the smartest, not the strongest, not the oldest, not the fastest, not the most successful. You are God's beloved. Crazy thing about that little truth is once it grips you, once it sort of gets into your soul, once it sort of gets into your body and gets into every part of your being, really, it can't be taken away and nothing else really matters. Mary has chosen the better part and it will not and cannot be taken away from her. I want you to... Think about this and remember this. Both Martha and Mary do something extraordinary in the Gospel of Luke. They both seem to see and hear Jesus, which most of the men don't do. But Mary does choose the better part, to sit, to listen, and to be loved. to just sit there and listen and be loved. Sounds pretty nice. Amen.